if we really just strip the title and just connect, just one-on-one, -on -one, just me and you, we just strip the title, the limelight, we're just normal people going through this crazy maze, this crazy road, this journey, this path called life. I was super excited to be able to connect with one of the Willis sisters over this weekend. Uh, I was connecting with her last month as well, working on a project that she's actually working on for the upcoming, upcoming excuse me, holiday season. And um, I have to say, an incredibly talented sisters, Willis sisters, if you're not familiar who they are, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's daughters. And um, just connecting with life and... Um, just a vibe, as we say. We just, just connecting and chilling on a vibe, a 70s kind of vibe, so to speak. But um, it's interesting. We, we strip the title away and just connect just one-on-one -on -one with each other, with one another. It's amazing how much you have in common, you know. Um, I've always felt that way towards people. You know, others. Um, I never really looked at the uh, social status, so to speak, or um, what someone may have more than another, whether financial, material, you know, ways and means. Sometimes I like to say excess. But um, you cross the rarities, you know. I call them beautiful souls and gems. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about status. I'm not talking about materialistic things. It's just people living life. Um, and their father and living, you know, obviously the family, the mom, Demi Moore, amazing actress. Uh, father, Bruce Willis, an amazing actor. Both amazing, beautiful people. And uh, publicly living their father struggles dealing with chronic illness and um, connecting with one of the daughters. We've connected twice now and just uh, stripping away the title and just connecting and just um, conversing one-on-one. -on -one. It had me thinking about uh, my own journey and how we spoke and we talked about how chronic illness, it just really it, I just say my own personal experience, it not only changes you, but um, it wears you down. It does. Um, it changes you. And it permanently changes you. Um, and there's ways that it's in a positive light. And then there's a lot more ways where it's not so great. It's not so wonderful. It changes your outer shell. I mean, damn right to the core. I don't look anything. I mean, just a year ago, how much I've changed. It's like you start not looking, wanting to look in the mirror. You start not wanting to take pictures of yourself. And I was always a kind of, you know... Um, young lady, teenager, and young woman, and, you know, I'm getting older, seasoned woman. I always enjoyed taking photos and that, but I've noticed, like, with myself, less and less and less. Um, you start to not recognize yourself um, in the mirror. And um, I don't know, you know. I always felt confident with myself um, of who I was on the outside. But I think when you go through changes by the hands of chronic illness and um, how it just, it, it wears you down. <laughs> it really does. It takes a toll on you. Um, it takes just a piece of you, a little bit of you. Um, the longer you struggle, the harder you struggle, you know, it wears you down. I had someone, uh, was interviewing and, um, similar to 
one of the Willis sisters I connected with of how it changes you. Um, it changes the shell, but it can never break. And what I believe is the soul is the inner part of you, you know? Because really at the end of the day, you know, we all grow older and looks fade over time. But what truly remains is the heart of the person. That's the soul. I really believe that. And that's where really, truly the beauty lies within is the soul. But um, I connected with someone and, and uh, I was on the phone with them. And um, I had shared some photos of how much I have changed and how much um, chronic illness just it chisels at you. You know, it just... It's like I say, like it's just a big chunk of ice and it's just, you know, a little bit at you at a time. Um, out of your control, completely out of control. You can't change it. Um, most recently is experiencing hair loss on a slow um, rate. You know, slowly losing my hair. And then the more we increased my treatments with Addison's and you know high doses of steroids and other um, prescriptions and it messes with hormones and chemicals and things and you have to replace what your body's not making. And Addison's is very, um, it takes time to balance the body out and to replenish of what you know, adrenaline and things that your body can no longer create. Um, and dealing with, um, I just say with oncology, you never really resolve the tumor. Uh, very ovarian tumor never went away. We didn't annihilate it. That was the ultimate goal. So oncologist specialist said, we're going to annihilate. We're going to ob obliviate it. We didn't obliviate it. Um, my oncology team was hopeful, but as they told me in the end, we never really got to obliviate it. This thing danced. They always referred it to as dancing because it always moved. Um, it was too fused together to other organs and uh, made it virtually impossible to get a good marker, which, I mean, I was tattooed with a tumor marker. Um, might as well just threw that right out because um, I go in for first treatment, couldn't find it. That was a miraculous miracle. It moved because it fused to my intestines, gravity, and that just moved it constantly. So um, it was always a struggle for them to try to find this thing. They knew it was there. It was just, as they said, looking for a penny in a well, you know, um, trying to figure out where in the heck this thing's at. Oh, there it is. Oh. And um, try to annihilate and blast this thing. It just didn't work. It shrunk it, and then it grew back. It started growing back right away as soon as the treatment stopped. Um, now that it's almost um, the exact same size as when I started treatments is to me, um, is it scary? There's days, is it scary? Is it horrifying? I was talking to someone on the phone. Um, it can be if you let it, you know. Um, I like to see what I'm battling. Um, for me, I like to see visually what I'm battling. It helps me to understand new symptoms and things I'm going through and I can go, okay, you know, I get it, you know. Uh, some people prefer not to. Um, I know with the Willis sisters and that, it was a very, as they said, a very quiet, private battle with their father um, with chronic illness um, and doing it in a not so private manner with the families generally in the public eye. But uh, agreeing with you by saying, you know, strip the title, we're just, we're just normal people, you know? We're just normal folks, you know? Um, some of us just have different titles and we're different as far as um, with the Willis and uh, more family, they're in the spotlight. So trying to be a normal and dealing with chronic illness and what their father was enduring in a normal manner was, as they said, um, almost impossible. 
uh, to come to terms and release, you know, bits and pieces. Still maintaining and still always well privacy of what their father's going through. But um, it changes people. Chronic illness definitely changes people. You try to still maintain this image that people are so used to, you know. Like I said, I need to update my podcast pictures for Free Yourself My Journey. And I started thinking about it and I thought, well, why? Why bother? You know? Why bother? Um, why? Well, um, does it really matter? Um, it's not so much of the image and the shell and, and the surface of what the public sees as much as the person within the soul. The beauty of the soul that really counts. Um, we're so much into like um, appearance still. Um, sadly, you think like within time we grow and evolve, you know. Um, but unfortunately with the media and that is it's about presence and appearance and things like that and uh, hell anybody can cover up and uh, you can easily cover up chronic illness I could go around easily cover up and you know and some people you know they do it cosmetically and others you know they make up hair extensions wigs everything Kardashians can do it hell we can all do it you know want a butt get butt pads want bigger boobs you know you don't need plastic surgery, just, you know, head to Victoria's Secrets or wherever, go online, you know, on next day you're three or four cup sizes bigger. <laughs> it was like the ultimate push-up for all Victoria's Secrets. Who did not, ladies, buy one of those? I mean, it was not joking. You will be three or four cup sizes bigger. I mean, baba boom for men, you know, all of a sudden they want their better half girlfriend, whatever they have bigger boobs and I mean obviously you realize they did because you got it wrapped up in a Christmas box and beautiful Victoria's Secret tissue paper even you know those Victoria's Secret bags and open up ladies and you realized oh, I guess he's trying to say my boobs aren't big enough or are you trying to tell me something why I'm hmm, interesting but I think we all had the Victoria's Secret the ultimate was the ultimate push-up bra or something like that image thing the image but try to maintain a certain image when you're dealing with chronic illness that is far from kind um anything but kind you know um try to deal with it gracefully and keeping up an image i just thought about it but why bother getting a new podcast why bother taking new photos no why bother why bother you know what i mean why you know, it's not going to change anything, you know. Um, but the public has this perceived, this perception, this, this falsehood, if you will, that we're all supposed to remain looking the same. I mean, I can't imagine how hard that is for someone is, um, that's in the spotlight. Um, Britney Spears, you know, uh, got she recently got married, and um, people want Brittany to always look like Brittany. But we got to realize we all change and evolve and we grow. But um, the media is not kind. Um, public's not kind. They don't want, you know, they don't want you to change. They want you to maintain an image. But getting back when you're dealing with chronic illness, that's almost impossible. Um, and to do so in a private manner is almost virtually impossible for some people and we're all people if you strip the title but others other others excuse me they're more active um in the public eye in that you know and um trying to maintain an image and you're living with chronic illness it's impossible it could be done but um exhausting to try to live up to the standards um i've tried I'm at the point now, I'm like, how is that? Um, well, I went to the uh, Creation Museum in Petersburg, Kentucky. Um, another person I connected to is uh, Ty Pennington. And um, I connected with him, what was it, four weeks ago. Absolutely 
hilarious. He has always had a sense of just um, bigger than life pers personality and uh, always making his way through life using humor. Um, just a funny, funny gentleman, super talented. Um, everybody knows who Ty Pennington is, you know. I think of like HGTV and I think of all these um, shows, original shows, you know, that started with, you know, Extreme Makeover and now you think of Ty. And um, he's one as well. But his is more about, you know, um, when you age, people expect you to still look like my younger version of Ty. But you have to realize is, hey, I'm a lot older now, and I'm not going to look like that, and my physique is never going to look like what it did when you saw me. My hair is never going to be the same, you know. I'm changing. I'm getting older. You know, what do you expect, people? You know, this is me, you know. But one thing that's never changed with him is his soul and who he is is, is inside, you know. That really counts. The outer shell, sure, we all change. We all get older, you know. This inevitable, but really the true self remains. And um, he always had an amazing, great sense of humor. He still does. Still talented as hell. You're never going to take away his talent. Um, I was blessed to be able to connect with him. And uh, just corresponding regarding um, just travel, things like that. Just on a whim. Um, it's the craziest way we connected. And um, one of the top makeup designers with Mac strange way we connected um just through projects i was working on the social media and um lip liner pencil and uh i was working on a project and i just you know had a comment and i was like you know i wouldn't know the first thing about lip liner pencils because i could tell you probably on two hands how many times i've worn makeup in just a year whether alone five um i didn't know his title i just saw this gentleman with a Mac pencil. I had no idea who he was. And the rest is history. Um, working with Mac has been something as well. Um, call myself an entrepreneur to an extreme because I like to dabble in a little bit of everything. Life's too short. Why the hell not, you know? But I didn't know I was talking to. But I was just talking to him like me and you. Um, I don't look at the titles and who someone is. It's just stripping it away and just getting down to just being normal folks, you know? But the image and the projection and things and his tie, um, and I totally respect what he's saying as people expect you to still look a certain way of what I looked like, like 20 years ago. Hey, I'm older now. I'm not gonna look like, I'm not gonna have washboard abs, you know, anymore. Yeah. I got a beer gut, I got a gut, you know? But he's living life still. He's still, still talented as hell. Still out there. I mean, you can see him many, many um, home improvement and home remodeling shows. And um, I can't think of the new line he has and the retailer. Um, I'd have to look back through some notes and stuff that uh, for um, beach decor and that. I'd have to look in it. But the whole point in principle is, is we all change. You know, we all change and we evolve and we grow. Um, chronic illness just, it, it makes it hard for people to still maintain this image. Um, and you don't need to be out there um, on social media or, you know, out there in the limelight to understand how it works, that we're in a strange day and really in society doesn't accept anything less. And I want you to look and maintain and be this way, but you can't forever, you know? I don't know, Dolly Parton pulls it off hell. She's looked the same for freaking, what, 30, 40 years? Yeah? That's one woman I'm gonna have to say I respect because I kind of have read up on um, just her life and autobiography and that, and uh, her relationship, her, her marriage, and um, how her husband and her first connected, and, and that, she has done everything she possibly can to keep the relationship private and how much she doesn't regret doing so and how healthy and um, keeping their relationship for themselves and keeping it private.
private and quiet. And, um, you know, I thought, it's just not us. If you read up on that, it's like, it's not a, I mean, it's, it's um, something to be read, you know. Um, they'll see. Probably ever see any pictures. I say, you know what? And I thought, you never really do hear anything about her husband, you know. He stays out of the limelight and they keep themselves, you know, their marriage sacred. And, you know, she's always protected that, you know, something special and private for her. Um, you know, I have uh, read a lot about, pretty fascinating about her and her husband and um, their marriage and their life, you know. You read up on that, you know, if you ever have time. Um, super talented woman, you know. But, you know, Dolly Parton, well, she's got millions and millions and millions, if not billions of dollars, you know, she can constantly, you know. But the thing is, is think about it, she maintains the same image, the same look. Because I don't think people could expect or want to expect or respect anything less than her always looking exactly as close to as Dolly Parton. That's not realistic. Um, especially if you throw chronic illness, it's not realistic um, to majority, you know, even if you're in a public spotlight. But should you try? You know what I mean? Does it matter? Um, getting back to experiencing... Um, this is the third time of hair loss, and this time it's permanent for me. Um, it's been a slow process of preserving what I can um, of my hair to, for obviously, for reasons to be, like for holding extensions in and um, just feeling like I need to have, you know, you lose your hair, you lose, people feel like you lose a part of being feminine. You know, you lose a part of feeling feminine and beautiful, and that's just so not true. It's really not true. Um, so you go from extensions to you go to wigs. Well, Dolly Parton wears wigs. Mm, we all know that. I mean, you do know that, right? <laughs> you know? Um, Kardashians, how they got hair. They got enough hair, healthy hair, but hell, they still wear wigs. Like, you know, they change style. They change their hair with it. Um, there's ways and means you can still look beautiful, but um, it's just unfortunate, sad, especially when you deal with chronic illness, that you have to put on a hat, you have to put on extensions, you have to put on a wig, you have to put on, in order to go out in general public, uh, heaven forbid, you know, somebody sees you at your most raw form. You know what I mean? I did that yesterday. I tested that when I went to the Creation Museum. Um, I was going to wear a hat, and then I was going to put a wig on. I've lost my hair permanently. Um, as I was just saying, it's a slow process. Addison's treatments, I was warned, you're going to probably experience full hair loss, um, or to the point where you're going to have to. Yeah, you're not going to be able to have much hair, if any. I did not realize that um, how true of a statement that was for my specialist. This is a picture of me holding my phone. And I was actually texting a friend of mine. And um, I'm going to say is when you get into a relationship, you're friends with somebody for a long time. And you take that plunge and see and let the universe decide you know, taking a friendship and, you know, making it more, allowing the universe to decide where, to, where it's going to go, you know. And you make that step and you decide to take the relationship at a different level besides friendship up, up the next level and you decide to be exclusive in that. Um, someone that really um, cares about you is not going to care or give a damn about your hair, okay? When you get older, you'll appreciate what I'm saying. Um, when you're with someone that's truly with you, 
for you, all of you, okay? Take it or leave it, all of you, genuine you. You're coming in, this is me. Take it or leave it. Not, this is me for a year and then I'm gonna, you know, there's plenty of people do that. I'll say anything, but wink, wink, you know what I mean? Um, just coming in real and raw, this is me. Take it or leave it, this is me. They're not gonna care, hair or no hair. I'm not gonna care, you know? Wanna put on a wig or whatever? Okay, that's fine. No? I'm with you for you, not because hair or without hair. It doesn't matter. No? I already know you for you. Um, that's when you know you're with the right person. You know? um, that's when you know. But I uh, lost, I mean, I lost my hair. I took this photo, um, not just for them, but another friend I was talking to. And um, I'm, I'm sharing it because this is really me. And this is all my wigs. And it's not just, these are just some. Um, a lot of companies send me, a, I have tons of extensions, like bags of extensions. I know I showed enough. A lot of companies send me wigs, wigs in that as well. I've connected with a lot of cancer patients. Um, well, I'm like, hey, you know, I really like that wig. Where'd you get it? And, you know, I'm like, hey, send me your address. Let me know. And, you know, I've got it. I've got a lot of wigs. I've got a lot of hair extensions in that, you know. Um, but it got to the point my hair was barely there. I mean, barely. I tried every, it was a slow process. I was trying not to lose all of my hair because I figured if I'm wearing extensions, how's this going to work, you know? Um, then I'm going to have to wear wigs and wigs are, um, wigs are uh, not as easy as people think to maintain. Um, you have to make sure that you buy the right brush. You have to make sure when you wash them, you have the right proper shampoo. Um, you have to dry them a certain way. You have to store them a certain way. Um, you have to trim them. I mean, it's it's not just you just throw it on, you know. Um, anyone experiences hair loss, not just cancer, but, you know, any type of chronic illness, you appreciate respect I'm saying. It's not easy to maintain, you know. And sometimes they can be uncomfortable. They can be hot, yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? You're on going, but um, this picture I'm going to share because I'm at this point of life in my health that you know I'm not going to change what's going on with my health. It's chronic. It's going to get worse. It's gotten worse. Is it surprising? Maybe to everybody else, but not to me. Um, I've been down this path my whole life. It's never gotten better. All right? Never expected it to. All right? There's some things. You know, but as a whole, the main component, the big, you know, the main diagnosis never got any better, let's just say. I'm dealing with ovarian tumor, grew back. I'm dealing with Addison's secondary for immune system that's just been pulverized by chronic illness and things that are out of my control. Um, born with an autoimmune disorder, I can't control that. Um, it didn't help out with um, treatments and the tumor and that it didn't it didn't help out always getting the flu always being sick i wonder why the hell i'm always getting sick it makes sense now you know puzzle pieces are even put together but i'm tired of hiding my hell with it you know i can't help it you know i realize though society's a little weird you know they don't want to see if you look sick they don't want to see it um so connecting with the Willis sisters and that and understanding as you're keeping a secret with your father under wraps, heaven forbid the public knows and he can't act again, you know, and he, and he has to just sit back and finally enjoy life. And my dad, take it easy. My dad's going to take it easy now. He's going to enjoy life. He's worked a great deal of his life, you know, allow him to have some privacy and be able to enjoy life now and not by a script or a time limit or he has to be here or flying out of this, you know, going here out to this country and uh, you know, shooting here and that and then you could just now just be one and enjoy life with family, you know, but people still have this perception that he has to still, you know, heaven forbid he looks different, but chronic illness is going to make you look different. It does. It, it takes a toll on the outer shell. It does. Um, 
shouldn't you should never judge or be harsh to people i always say this when you see people out in in the general public and they're heavy set i don't like to use the word fat okay that's just like seeing somebody that's smaller thin or i'm sorry skinny you know um you never know what somebody's journey is like you know there are con chronic conditions out there where you know people gain weight and they can't control it and they could go on a million diets and they could freaking jog and and run laps a hundred times a day and it's not going to control a weight gain there's plenty of you know medical conditions that that is you know primary or secondary or it's just a, a, a complication or medication people have to take in order to um try to live their best life because of a chronic illness and the side effect is weight gain there are people that are struggling with mental health and um, they look to food as for comfort and makes them feel better. Or they go on medication to help with depression, anxiety, you know, whatnot. And a side effect, of course, weight gain. What I'm getting to the point is don't judge people out there when you're walking around. I think if we all do less judging, the world would be a little bit, hell of a lot, probably, in my opinion, a better place. Um, when you get older and wiser, you'll appreciate and respect what I'm saying. Because, you know, we're all, everybody's struggling with something. Everybody's struggling with some sort of battle. I don't care if you think you're perfect. Because anybody thinks they're perfect, you're probably struggling more than somebody who is admitting that they're struggling in the first place. But I put it to, I put it to the test. This is a picture, literally. Um, all of the scalp you see is just a hair. There's no hair growth um, it was within a month. It was quick. Um, it was slow. And then the more um, we had increased with my treatments and that, the worse it got. It is the worst it's ever been. Um, I was told that once the hair loss happens, it's not going to, it's not going to grow back. Um, I was warned. And I said, well, I dealt with this twice before, you know. I just wasn't expecting it as quick to happen, but it happened, you know. I went to a creation museum. I thought I'm not wearing no, I'm not wearing a hat. I'm not. Well, obviously, I'm not wearing cinches anymore. <laughs> you know, I donate also um, all the extensions in that. I've got some of them together. I usually choose two organizations. I'll just go online. I'll plug in organizations. Um, I like to read it and look up and make sure it's going to the right organization and, you know, um, making sure they're still active is important, especially since COVID. And um, I like to donate to where they help younger women and just, you know, women in general um, inside the United States and obviously organizations that work outside of the country that help women experience medical hair loss, whether that's cancer or autoimmune or whatever's going on, you know. Um, that's how I donate. Uh, I did that with the GP website a lot. I don't know how many wigs and hair accessories and that donated. Um, this was the first year that, um, with COVID and that, I'd run into a couple organizations I was working with and no longer um, take anything right now. And with all this new stuff coming out, it's really hard, but um, there are a couple people that I've connected with, with social media and with the podcast that I'm getting all my extensions together. I'm no longer in need for, and uh, there's a lot of them. Um, I'm gonna get those together, hoping to get those out next week. But it's going to Creation Museum. I was like, I'm just not, I'm not. Um, I'm not comfortable yet taking pictures because I just had to part ways with my hair. Um, It's the shortest it's ever been. Um, and it wasn't because I wanted to go this short. It's because I didn't realize how bad um, to the scalp, that all over my scalp, my hair was literally just gone. I mean, just gone. Not growing back. I mean, nothing. I have to stay on the treatments. It's going to be for the remainder of my life because... With Addison's, my body is not producing the adrenaline and other critical hormones that I need. Um, the main component and the reason is it's secondary to autoimmune. Um, and it's connected with my kidneys. And let's just face it, when you're functioning off of one kidney, it's not easy. 
So treatments are, um, let's just say, um, a lot more harsh. And it takes a little bit longer to find the right balance, which is why we do a lot of labs and that. Um, going back to the hospital here and next week actually I'm back but um just to make sure that we get as close to when we get me to that right you know dose of treatment but the hair loss is permanent it's not coming back and I'm not coming off the treatments um it's for a lifetime and um the nosebleeds I don't feel like walking through Walmart and literally just my nose gushing um, just sitting and all of a sudden nose gushing, walking around nose gushing, um, having, um, being anemic all the time. Um, Addison's also made me to where I would literally be out of breath. I wake up, couldn't breathe. Um, wasn't sure it was a ovarian tumor. It was Addison's when you're dealing with two major monsters, they have to differentiate, excuse me, just figure out which one's causing what and sometimes symptoms can be from both so it's really hard to say which one is which but putting that aside it's just your hospital specialist will go in and they will treat what's going on in their specialty and then they work together specialists doing that's what's going on with me so we make sure under wraps um, I have not experienced the white she does a ghost um, complexion I've had a picture of that at a park um, that was before starting acid treatments when I actually had hair um, I have not had that really, really pale complexion. So that just tells you we are replenishing what my body's not making. That was scary as hell. Um, and then getting out of breath, you couldn't breathe. I didn't know what the hell was going on. But now we know. Um, but that's when I had hair. It was that quick. But uh, these are pictures I took. These are some of my wigs. Um, and you still have to, you know, make sure you store them. And, you know, I like to store them in the closets and that. And uh, I don't like keeping them. Um, you get mannequin, you know, wig heads and things like that I have. And then there's some um, when you brush and comb them and that. And people who wear wigs, you know what I'm saying? Um, whether it's for fashion, you don't need to have chronic illness. A lot of people just like to change up their look. Kardashians. Or um, did I just say Kardashians again, did I? Do I watch Kardashians? No. I just, to me, don't feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to keep it. I'm just going to keep that opinion just, okay? <laughs> just damn. But, um, no, wigs are like, what, wigs in the 70s were popular? I mean, now we're 2022, it's like, okay, you know, it's, it's like, who doesn't have them? You know what I mean? Really? Who doesn't? It's like people wear makeup. Who doesn't have at least some kind of makeup product, right? Um, and speaking of which, since I've now with... Um, joining ranks and be an ambassador and trying out new things for Mac. Um, I've actually now, every day, I take five minutes or a 10 minute face or five minute face or 15 minute face um, and actually wear makeup and I'm actually enjoying it. So, okay, I've lost hair, but I'm embracing this feminine part of me of now wearing makeup and changing it up and changing makeup, you know, the eyeshadows and I mean, now it's like, you know, cobalt and, and dark blue and we've got purple and I'm changing up the eyeliner and mascara and I'm just, you know, things I normally just wasn't a makeup person. I just never liked wearing makeup, you know. Um, but now I'm changing it up. So I lost hair, but I'm gaining, trying something now different. I'm waking up and I'm putting on a five-minute face, um, doing something nice for me. But these are some of the wigs, and this is what was underneath of very little hair I had left. Um, very little, I'll say. But when I went to the Creation Museum, I was not wearing a hat, and I wasn't going to wear a wig. Um, just wasn't. I was like, I'm going as me. I put on makeup. I put a full face of makeup on. I put something nice on. I put on... Um, I've lost like eight pounds, which is weird, but it's not, you know, I can't say weird. Addison's weird. Um, normally the treatments will make you gain weight. I had like a quick weight gain, like a couple weeks, and all of a sudden it went the opposite. So now it's just of trying to force myself to consume as much as I can and calories and that's not been easy. 
um, the medications and the treatments are now doing opposite, which normally the percentage makes you gain weight, uh, side effects of what um, my specialists have seen um, with men and women is usually the majority is weight gain, but there's a small percentage where it's weight loss. Um, everybody's body's different, and uh, mine's been weight loss, uh, contributing to the nausea um, and just loss of appetite with the treatments. So I'm doing my best. But uh, the pair of jeans that I liked, um, that I felt was maybe just a little tight or whatever, I was able to put those things on. Like, I mean, they fit comfortable. And I was like, wow, you know, I haven't put these on in like two months. So I didn't know how much I changed. So I got my cute top on that I liked that I also wasn't able to wear. I got my jeans on and uh, got my comfy, you know, summer sling slide on sandals. And uh, I was able to actually have my earrings, you know, when you have longer hair, it's like, why wear earrings? You can't see it unless you have your hair back in a ponytail, you know. I was able to wear my earrings and put my makeup on. I said, I'm out. I don't care. It was interesting. The Creation Museum was a place that I didn't have anybody looking at me, making any slight comments, um, no questions, no nothing, no stares, not even from children. It was a very, I mean, it was pleasantly surprised of how society we should be as a whole. Nobody judged anybody. Um, there was a lot of people um, if you dealt with chronic illness on and off throughout your life or your entire life, you kind of sense somebody else. You kind of just feel. You can just kind of tell. Um, in the oncology world and cancer and that, patients will say they can usually tell somebody else is in that journey. Um, that's true. It's not just the shaved heads in that. It's just a certain look. I don't know. Um, Majority of patients um, where the cancer and the tumors and things were not being able to um, unfortunately be put into remission, you kind of feel it off of somebody else. But the Creation Museum was the first place where nobody judged anybody. I didn't think, of, I thought about it. I thought about it um, this, this morning. I thought about that. It's just weird. There was a lot of women with shaved heads. You can tell they were struggling with something. There was a lot of men struggling. There was a lot of people using wheelchairs. There was a lot of people who had oxygen, you know? Um, oxygen tanks or the compact oxygen um, in the bag you walk around with. Um, there was a lot of people that um, Suffering from chronic illness, you could just, um, some visually, uh, you know, and sometimes walking around, like you could get, it'd be obvious to tell. But um, I was, I forgot I didn't even have any hair. That's how comfortable I felt. Nobody judged anybody. Isn't that something? Did it have to do with because the type of environment, Creation Museum? We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about spiritually God and Adam and Eve all the way at the beginning. Um, we're talking about the creation creation of the world. I mean, just was it because you were in this place that made you feel at peace, that made you look at life um, not outside of the museum, you know, of society, but putting you back where it all began? Was that maybe something to do with it? Like the aura and the vibe and the feeling you got? Um, I'd say yes. Um, people were probably more hypersensitive and more in tune if not to judge. That was the first place I went to where so many, excuse me, thank you, don't worry ma'am. There was a bathroom I went to and I was like, oh, lock's not working. And uh, I had to go, I mean, I had to go bathroom like, you know, so I walked out and there was two um, women and I said, excuse me, I said, can one of you please stand by the bathroom because this, this lock's not working. It wasn't let me think about that. Oh, no, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. Yes. No, ma'am. 
no, don't worry about it. You know, I got it. I'll stand here. The whole she stood the whole time. And I got out. She's like, are, 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 you, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm fine. Why? She said, okay. You know. well, she's like, well, there's, you know, here's a bottle of water and stuff on, on the other side at this cafe and that. And um, have you checked down here and that? And, and um, no worries. And you have a, have a nice time. And she was telling me about the ARC encounter. Um, it was just different. Was it because we were in like this place um, where we really you get down to the spiritual side of everything, of religion? I mean, I'm sure it did. But so many people walking around, women with shaved heads. I mean, some people had breast cancer survivor shirts on. Some people, you know, were proud of what they battled or battling now. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's not showing off or having people feel sorry for you. I had one person, literally. Um, when make innuendo loop comments like, oh, it's just, you know, having the blog and that, people, people sorry, feeling sorry for me. Well, for you saying that, you've never gave me any empathy or sympathy, very little, for saying something like that. It's just crazy to say that. And now that I'm older and wiser, is how just rude, you know, to make a comment like that. If somebody's sick and they want to share their journey and their truth because the majority of the time when people share and they blog or they chronicle or they podcast, or, it's to help themselves first. The rest is a gift to be able to help and encourage and share the good times and the bad to others, you know? But it had people sharing their stories. Where would we find when we research and we look? Or the support groups or the help? Or the stories online? Or in the libraries? You know? In history books? We wouldn't have any. That's why you say that. It's weird. To say a comment like that now, I think, is weird. That's not with me. There's something wrong with you to say that to anybody dealing with chronic illness and making a statement like people doing it for the limelight or people feel sorry for you. That's just weird. Ask yourself why you say that. Because I think that's what I'd ask you now. Because I know you listen to podcasts every day. That's what I'd ask you. That's why do you say that to me and other people if they want to share what they're going through? I mean, obviously, it must inspire you some way or somehow. Because you're on the podcast every day, listening. You may want to question yourself on that. Because that's a gift when people share their journey and their struggles and they inspire people along the way of strength and beauty. You know? But I didn't wear a wig. And I've never felt so free in my entire life. I didn't have no weird looks, I didn't have no stares. People just enjoying the museum and everything I had to offer. And there was a lot of people that I'm certain of were sick. There were some people in wheelchairs um, that you could tell they probably, to me, I know it's like to be really, really, I mean, Walking in oncology, I was I was sick. I was dying. Um, I didn't even tell me that. I was on borrowed time. I know that look, how you feel. There was a lot of people that went there to find hope during the last part of their journey because their body is declining and they're probably on a journey um, of going to heaven. A lot of people have probably go there to find hope and reconnect with faith and knowing that when they die a greater place awaits heaven you know I picked up on that I'm sure other people um, that go to museum pick up on that too you know um, but nobody judged nobody judged and it felt amazing not to have anybody judge you on the outer shell 
when you're dealing with chronic illness, it's out of your control. Okay? You can't stop how hard it is and you get worn out by the battle. And the longer you battle, the more your body gets worn out. And it affects the outer shell, your appearance. What do you expect, people? You know, for people who are just like, oh my God, I look so bad, I probably look terrible. What do you expect? Oh, that's right. You've never truly known because you've never truly experienced something chronic that you fought with everything you had. I'm talking for years and long periods of time. See, that's why you don't understand the outer shell and when people change and they no longer look like what they did. Because you don't understand. Because you haven't lived it. See, and that's why maybe we have to think before we speak and not judge, right? That's for everyone. Because you don't know what someone's going through. I don't care if it has to do with a shaved head or someone that may be overweight and experiencing weight gain or even the opposite. Someone is super thin and can't keep weight on. We shouldn't judge because everybody's going through a battle right now of their own, whether it's internal or emotional. And this is 2022 in a year when I say, and I said beginning of the year, anything goes. And that just goes for life in the universe and earth and the world in general. It's crazy out there. So, I mean, shouldn't we be a little bit more kind? It's not, shouldn't we? We should. And we shouldn't judge. But there are those little hidden gems in those places where you don't have to wear extensions and you don't have to wear wigs and you just can arrive as you and be free. And I'm blessed and fortunate to be able to have experienced that yesterday in a museum, in a place where I'm sure hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people have already visited that are struggling with chronic illness and they're sick and those that are into their journey where they just go to not be judged but to find some hope but most importantly to find some peace.